Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Let's do it. What's up, everybody? It's your coach. Back at it again. This one with another special one to me. Before I get into that, please subscribe if you feel the love subscribe to the podcast leave a rating leave a comment i appreciate that so much check out the last episode with my man coach bill rao great dude oregon state now in the in uh his own version of what's called the cape cod lead he's doing that but in out west in oregon Check them out. Real good dude. Real good story. Today's episode. In today's episode, let's get to today. Few people, in my opinion, can represent a place so much that they become known for it. And my guest, my boy today, to me symbolizes that, man. Of course, I'm talking about Omar Delgado. Started. CCNN, their news, their journalism, their media department opened the doors to me. I first reached out. Here's a here's a tip to the hustlers out there. If you can, if you can, and I would definitely say this 99% of the times, go meet somebody in person. When you want to start a relationship, when you want people to feel your passion, they got to see it in your eyes. It's hard to text passion. It's hard to email passion. It's hard to DM passion. But when they see it and you take the time to go visit somebody on their time, not on your time, on their time, things change. When I reached to my man Omar two years ago, I said, listen, man, I have to go meet you. He opened the doors to me. He gave me my first opportunity to ever speak in front of people, in front of humans, was, this is as Coach HP, was to his ninth graders at CCNN, July 5th, July 5th, day after July the 4th, I was there, he let me document it, changed my life, this dude has been there for me, whenever I have any questions on any thing from equipment, editing, stuff like that, that he's a master at or he knows a lot about. He's been there for me. So I wanted to do as best as I can to capture his passion, capture what this program, what this school, what Columbus means to him, what when he started and people put him down, they didn't offer him help because he was, oh, he was Columbus. They didn't give him any kind of love. I want to make sure I give him some love. So without further delay, on this episode of the Coach HP Show slash Catching Positivity, my man Omar Delgado. Let's go. Like, what are we gonna do about this fucking Cubano from the South? 
down, down in South Florida, putting together the firm with the palm trees behind him. He's a monster. He's controlling the market. And we're live. Boom. Dude, you look like a professor, bro, like a real professor, man. I've never seen you. You wear glasses? I, uh, since we started this whole online learning thing, I started getting migraines and I thought I was losing my vision and it turned out the blue light because I was sitting in front of the camera for like eight hours. So I bought these blue light glasses and I said, I'm back to normal. Where'd you get the glasses? Amazon. Where do we get everything on there nowadays? In Amazon, huh? Jeff owns the world, man. You're a guy that seems to me always prepared, bro. Like always prepared for everything. Have you been like that your whole life, or is that something you became as an as an adult? I was a mess when I was a kid, man. I was all over the place, ADHD, um, just never focused, you know. Like uh, I uh, I grew up. At one point, I told you this. I was an athlete. <laughs> at one point, I'm 40 years old and Gordon old now, so it's different. But um, I, I loved playing basketball. That was all I wanted to do: play basketball, play basketball. You know, I was a, a pretty decent high school basketball player. Nothing nothing special, but uh, always scatterbrained, you know? And uh, when I got to college and I started majoring in education, I started realizing I had a learning disability. No way, bro. Yeah, yeah. I, I have processing issues, um, which is crazy now because when people talk to me, they're like, dude, you're able to get things. So How'd you fix it? How'd you fix it? I just learn how to teach myself. I don't learn like normal people. I don't I don't listen and process information like normal people. Um, so now that I know how to do it, like now I'm ultra focused. Now I'm ultra like I see two, three moves down the, the road because I know how to tempt you. What's crazy is that I have a seven-year-old son just like me. And I'm able to get him to where I'm at now earlier, earlier in life. So I'm really excited to see what he's able to do. Bro, okay, so what's the trick? What do you, how did you train yourself? Um, I'm a kinetic learner. So that means is I need to experience things. I need to have things in my hand. I'm not the kind of guy that you could sit and lecture to, right? So if you start lecturing to me and I'm not engaged, my mind, yeah, it's done, it's done. So I need to have things in my hand. And oh, I'll tell you another thing that helped me out, this right here. This right here, that is my whole world is on there. My calendar, reminders, every the more technology grew, the better I got organized because I was able. Hey Siri, uh, remind me in two hours to do this. Siri reminds me, and I do it right there. You know, like you told me we we're gonna have a podcast. The second you told me, I had it in my calendar at nine thirty. Like I'm very, I have to do it. And the second I don't write something down, I, I lose. But that's how it is. I have to have things on me. Dude, that's a great sign. I remember I had a conversation one time with Emilio Stefan, and he told me, he goes, listen, you got to write everything down. You got to, I am completely the opposite, bro. I do everything like by, for yeah. my brain. So I, which is the worst because yeah, that's can't. a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah, I can't do that. I cannot do that. I have to have everything written down. I have to have everything reminded to me multiple times. I got to be touching things. I learn by doing that's why everyone's like, dude, like you're such a computer guy, whatever, you know about cameras, you know, it's because I can grab a camera and I play with it until I, until I know everything on that camera and then my hands could just do it like muscle memory. 
it was like how I used to shoot. I used to shoot a thousand jump shots. And then it got to a point where I would shoot. I wouldn't even know what I was doing. My body just remembered how to do it. So that's the same thing with getting more organized. Omar, could you dunk? Yeah, back in the day, I could dunk. No way, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could jump through the roof. Now, now, not so much, but yeah. Two hands? Yes, two hands. No way, bro. Look at yeah. you, man. Yeah, man. The most I got was touching the rim, and maybe once I was able to hang on it. What a great feeling when you hang on the rim. The first time I hung on the rim was in eighth grade, and then my first time I dunked with one hand was my freshman year, and then sophomore year I was able to dunk with two hands. And then I tore my ACL, and it took me a year and a half to be able to do it again, and then and then I stopped playing basketball. <laughs> Is that why you stopped, because of the injury? Yeah, torn ACL, entering my senior year. No way, dude. Yep. Omar, I think you went to Florida State. Is that where you went? Florida State, yeah. How was that experience, man? Leaving from leaving from Miami for a Cuban, that's like going to the moon, Florida, Tallahassee. So well, Florida State is diff different now. Now there's a lot of Miami people up there. Now it's very culturally diverse. But in 1999, I'll give you a story. Like it was me, my roommate Rick Pellegrin, Guano Kai from Miami, my boy Maurice Mumpway, which is half Haitian, half Peruvian, and my boy Jason Wood. Right, right. Well, Jason's a gringo white boy, right? Mo's half and half, and me and Rick are the only two Cuban guys. But all of us have that Miami in us. The right. second we open our mouth, you know that we're not from around wherever we're at. And people would just call us, "Oh, the Cubans, the Cubans." Now you know we're. I don't take anything. I'm not what I call professionally offended. <laughs> I'm right, just right. I'm very much um, whatever, dude. Let's just go with the flow and. It was weird. It was the first time I ever felt um, discriminated against. It was the first time I ever felt uh, uh, out of place because Miami is weird. Miami, you're Latino, and you are the majority down here. You go two hours, three hours north from here, it's a, that's a different story. That's Dude, it's funny you bring that up because with everything that's happening now in the country, and a lot of people have asked me on that, I go, listen, us – being minorities, it's crazy because in Miami, it's reverse, man. In Miami, we're the majority. Yep. And the amount of American people that get pissed that people don't speak English in real normal places, it's just crazy. And you being a teacher now, do you are you, you going to address stuff like this? Do you talk about it? I know you're a history guy too, so you're worldly. I tell people... And I say this to everybody. Right now, we need more leaders and like real leaders, not bullshit people that just say like like leaders, like an example. I know a big-time agent, Major League Baseball agent, described me to somebody. The guy loves me. He goes, listen, HP looks like a criminal till you get to you're going to love him. Right. And what I know, my dad talked to Zeroff, did 100 things bad with me. But what he would always tell me was, when the police stop you, you put both hands on the steering wheel. Yes, sir. No, sir. Don't do anything crazy. And just give them your license to whatever it takes. Never fight the police. Never fight the police. I think, not saying the policemen were right at all, at all, at all, at all. But I think we got to start, man, a culture of training men. There's nothing harder to be than a teenage man because... 
Omar, we, me and you were probably the same height, over six feet in high school. And our brain, you could imagine where our brain was, but we look like men. Yep. So I think we got to start, and I want to get your opinion on this. We got to start educating people, especially if you're bald, beard, and tattoos. That dude, it ain't going to go good for you if you start acting a certain way. What do you think about that, man? Like, where, 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 where's your head at with all this? You have a son. What's your head at with all this? Man, that's a, that's probably the hardest question that you can ask me personally because how I stand as a teacher is different how I, than how I stand personally. And let me explain that. Um, I grew up, education is liberal, right? People are very liberal-minded. That's why I call it the liberal arts. I don't like that. I don't like... I, I teach American history. I used to teach government. I don't like leading my students down a path. I am very much, I play devil advocate in my class. So if you come at me and you're very conservative, I attack you liberally. If you attack me liberally, I attack you conservative. And it's, I'm not doing that to start problems with my students. I do that so that they can see there's always a different point of view. Nobody is 100% right. Nobody is 100% wrong. There's good and bad on both sides, right? And that's how I, I want them to come to the realizations themselves of what they are. I feel like, especially in Miami, dude, you grow up, you're conservative. Like, we're, we're taught that Democrats are communists and we have to right, be right, right. <laughs> because that's how it is. That's the culture down here. And I grew up like that. And then, you know, I got to college and I started seeing the other side. And, you know, I, I became more of a moderate. Now I can't, I don't associate myself with any party. Um, I'm actually a libertarian. <laughs> I just okay. in the in the self. I believe in li personal liberties. So it's hard for me because there's a part of me deep down that believes if a cop pulls you over for no reason, why? Why, why am I being pulled over? Why am, am I being detained? What did I do? That, I want you to tell me. Am I, are you arresting me? Then you don't have to talk to me because I know the law. And I know how to speak to a cop too. Right. But that being said, 20-year-old Omar would probably fight for it. 40-year-old Omar that's a dad and a husband, it's not, it's not worth it for me, man. Like I just have to get through this and protect my son and protect my wife and be there. So dude, I'm a, I'm a concealed weapons license carrier. Like I have my gun all the time. So like you said, how you have both hands on the steering wheels. Right. Right. Over, and the first thing I do is I show my hands so that he knows already. That's a symbol. Of the cop telling me this guy's a concealed weapons license guy. He's showing me his hands and I'm not going to put my hands out of his view until he comes here. And when he asks me for my license and registration, I'm giving him my license, my registration and my concealed weapons license. So that he knows already. Look, I'm I'm showing I'm doing this not because I have to, out of respect. You know? Yeah, man, and that's a great word. And listen, it's hard because a lot of people that get pulled over or are in trouble are playing with the law. You don't know if they're intoxicated. You don't know if they're high. You don't know what's going on. And man, can't kill people. That's for sure. These cops have, have really, 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 really messed up. But I think we got to start training people to like, look, dude, you. You just can't start moving around. You can't start moving your hands. It ain't going to look good. Yeah. And that's what scares me the most with all this because if we don't fix this, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot more weird lines get crossed and it ain't going to be good for anybody, you know? I, uh, I'm a, as a history teacher, I tell everybody that history repeats itself. 
And I can show you over and over from Greece to Rome to the United States in the 60s and 70s, which that's what I feel we're entering now. The youth feel like they have to change their future and they want to be heard, right? The next thing that's going to come 2010, 2015, I think is yuppie greed, like the 80s. Like I think people are going to be so done with all this. That people are going to be like, give me my Mercedes and I'm going to rock around here showing you what I got. It's a cycle. It happens. That's what happens. And it keeps on. There was parts of ancient Rome that were like that. When the Caesars were in charge, things were a lot more stricter. They had a harsh leader. But when the Senate was in charge, people were more about free love and, and doing what they're it's, – it's, man, it's an endless cycle that people don't learn. Omar, as a dad, do you just say anything to your son at all, to your kids, nothing? Um, or they're too young. How old your son? He's seven. He's going to second grade. I, I, I First and foremost – I want him to respect his elders. I don't care what what I don't care if it's the janitor. I don't care if it's a cop. I don't care if it's a politician. I don't care if it's a teacher. You show respect. You're nobody yet. You gotta earn. You want to be respected. You gotta earn that. That's number one. So I'm. I know like he sees a police officer. Hello, officer. How are you? Thank you for your service. Whatever people think about that is what I just want to show my son respect. If he learns that you have to give respect. My next thing I'm going to teach him is now learn how to get respect. Right? Mm -hmm. Respect is not you don't tell people you got to respect me because I am who I am. You come off as going mierda that way, dude. Like, right, right. Just be good and be consistent in what you do, and people will start respecting. That's 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 good, man. That's good, Omar. What's your favorite part of history? What what era? What era is yours? Uh, the American Revolution, uh, founding fathers. I can talk about that for days um and i make it so relative like to my students when my when my when you enter my american history class you're like i don't i don't care about george washington thomas jefferson benjamin franklin i don't care about alexander hamilton i don't care about these guys and then i tell them you don't care about these guys but these guys were ballers just like you are and they're like these are a bunch of old guys i was like no man they just wear white wigs alexander hamilton came over When he was 14, he started, you know, becoming who he was at 17. That was your age. Whoa, you know, like, you know, George Washington was a general in his 20s, a general in his 20s. You know what that, like, that's amazing to me. I go, these were millennials before millennials were millennials. Like, they didn't wait for their turn. They took it. They took they it. took it, man. Crazy. Omar, did you ever think you'd become a teacher? I knew I was going to be a teacher my senior year in high school. I went really? to what I, what I consider the best high school in the world. You know how I feel about my school, Christopher right. Columbus High School in Miami. And I just had such a great – I'll put it this way. You know me, right? I'm a techie guy. My history department in Columbus was so good that I majored in history. And I, I, I like history a lot, a lot. I, I can talk to anybody about history at any point in time. But I'm, I love technology, cameras – Media. I love that stuff. I love the intricacies of how to put a story together and make it look good. That's what I love. But my education was so good in high school that I, I knew I, I knew I wanted to be a teacher and I knew I wanted to influence men like I was influenced. That was what I, my goal. I think I'm a better mentor than I am as a teacher, personally. I think Because you I'm think a, you care more? Because you care more? I think I'm passionate about what I do. And if anybody has passion, you're going to be good at what you do, you know? So I'm very passionate. I love what I do. I love, uh, uh, there's a quote, and I don't know who said it, but it's something I live my life by. It says, I don't want to be the guy that changed the world. I want to be the guy that influenced the guy that did. 
Nice, man. That's really good. That's really good. How did you, when you started, so right from Tallahassee, you came back and you started there at Columbus? Uh, no, I didn't actually graduate from Tallahassee because, like you said, uh, Cuban parents don't like when you don't leave. like being away. Yeah, so I left, and my parents cut me off. Like they were like, "You're you're no longer part of the family." I was like, "I'm 18. I'm young. I, I took off. And I made it up wow. there for, for two years. Uh, money ran out. Everything. I had to come with my tail between my legs, and I graduated from FIU um, with my parents' help, so I could actually because schooling was a, I had to graduate. I had to. What a difference FSU from FIU day and night, huh? Oh, my God. I felt FSU, I became a man. When I came to FIU, I felt like I was in 13th grade. You know? like it was The fashion show, it was crazy. Yeah, was oh, my God. My dad to this day still tells me that his biggest regret was not letting me graduate from Florida State because he says that those last two years that I was a different person. Like he you went was backwards, like, huh? Yeah, yeah, no. like no. I, when I came back from Florida State – like I was you a man. Perfect. Yeah, you're a man. You're a man. I noticed it. He was like, I'm, imagine what would have happened if I left you there for two more years. And you know, I, I don't I don't blame the old man. That's old Cuban mentality. It's the whole thing, bro, because I'm sure you see it now. Kids now, your students, they must be dying to go to leave Miami, huh? Oh, and I started brainwashing them from there when they were freshmen. I go, go wherever you want in the state of Florida, but don't stay in Miami. Go wherever you want. Yeah, don't leave the state because it's not worth graduating with a bachelor's degree with. Two hundred thousand dollars of debt, right, right. You know, go to Florida State, go to UF, go to US, UCF, go to go to uh, Florida Golf Course, wherever. Like, just leave Miami and see how other people live in the state of Florida. When did you start really having fun as a teacher? Right from the beginning, did it take time to get comfortable? I I had fun right from the beginning, but it was different. It was a different kind of fun. Like my first couple of years teaching, some of my students are my really good friends now. Like, really? uh, yeah, I have a, a student named Mark Altieri that that he's my boy. I love that guy. We hang out on the weekends. He's 30-something. He's only a couple – man, I was 23 when I started teaching. My students were 14, you know, like I was nine years older than them. I could have been their big brother. Um, so it was a different kind of fun. I was learning how to be a teacher. But I was building relationships with people because that's how I am. I, I'm a people. I need to build relationships with people. Um, around, I tell people this. I've learned. I've been teaching for 18 years now. No one's a real teacher until your third year. That way, you've already done. You know your mistakes. You've learned from them. You've grown from them. After your third year, you can you can consider yourself a real teacher. I became a a pretty good teacher around year seven or eight. That's when I found my groove. That's when I started finding out what I was doing, and I stopped being that mentor, big brother, and I started becoming the educator. And you know, and then I then I, then I took over CCNN, and that's when I started becoming a leader of, of men. Well, we haven't even we haven't even gotten to that prayer. Before we get into that, let's talk about something super important. Okay, Omar, what age did you shave your head? Oof. I started teaching at Columbus at twenty three, and, and I'll never forget it. One of my students, his kid named Fabrice. Looked at me and he goes, Man, you have an EDAF. Like, <laughs> an EDAF. What's an EDAF? He goes, Bro, you have a reverse fade. And I wow. said, Wow. <laughs> That's, I went home. Oh, wow. Kill me. <laughs> and you picked it from then? I, that night, I went home and I shaved it all off. <laughs> Dude. And you're what, 24, you said? 23, 24, around there. Yeah. I wish I would have done that, bro. I got the hair surgery. I went Propecia, Pro Scar. Oh my! I would wear the 
the topics. Remember, I went to Hollywood, and at the time, everybody had a full set of hair, all the leading men, you know? And right. what a mistake, dude. I would have – how liberating is it that once you shave two, your head? Two things I'm liberated by. One, the easiest haircut I've ever had. And two, I, I never got so many women in my life. But the day I shaved my head, it became, like, different. My wife tells me, if I wouldn't met you with hair, we wouldn't be together right now. She, she says it all the time. That's crazy, man. Is that look, dude? That criminal look. They love the criminal look. They love it. They love it. They love dude, it. CCNN is, I think, what you're most known for. When did that come into play? What was your mindset? Is that something that you, ironically, that you pursued because you, I feel this? Or did it just land in your lap? How did that start? Um, it's a long story. I have time. I can just go. We have all the time in the world, bro. This is all you. So... I, I was a teacher at Columbus, right? And I always wanted to be that guy, you know, that guy. Like, I was a basketball coach for three years at Columbus, you know? We won the GMAC. Like, I was, I'm going to be the next big basketball coach. And then I started looking around. I'm like, this is not the life that I want, dude. Like, I don't want to be living in gyms. I don't want to be there, you know? And Miami basketball scene, it's probably, like, kind of like the Miami baseball scene, you got your good guys, and then you got your street agents that everybody, hey, bro, I got a, I got the best thing for you. You got to do this. I just didn't want people to be up in my business. I wanted to build something that was my own, and I had no idea what it was. I ran student government for a couple of years. Um, thank God I stopped doing that because I ran that like if I was a club promoter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a, a, at Columbus, we threw a party. It's called Beach Bash. And you remember the Los Primeros, those guys at slow motion, those guys, yeah. I got them to perform at the party. We had like 3,500 teenagers there, like crazy. And then I, I told my boss, I was like, I'm going to get fired. I'm going to get fired because I'm going to I'm gonna do something that's going to, all of you guys are going to get mad at me. I can't do this. So I stopped doing that. And then in 2005, my best friend, this crazy story. This is how I took over CCNN. My best friend, Maurice, owns Happy Holidays Travel. And if you know Happy Holidays, because they're famous down here in Miami, they're the ones that do the quinceanera cruises. Okay. Right? And he calls me one day out of the blue. He's like, yo, um, I need another videographer to go on these cruises with me and to film and edit quinces. And I was like, bro, why are you calling me? I don't, I don't know how to do any of that. He's like, no, but you're really good with technology and you're awesome with kids. I can have someone teach you all this stuff. Wow. And I was like, all right, man, but how am I going to do this? I don't have money to like invest. I don't want to go. He's like, no, 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 no. Don't worry about it. We're going to make you a videographer, and you're going to start selling the product, and you're going to get probably a good five, ten thousand $10,000, and with that, you buy your equipment. And then, you know, next year, you you go. So I spent a whole year with, may he rest in peace, this guy, uh, uh, Ray, Dominguez, who ended up being one of my best friends, he just he would take me to weddings, he would take me to like graduations, baptisms, and stuff, and he taught me how to shoot. He taught me how to shoot. He taught me how to edit. And this guy used to edit like VCR to VCR, like old school analog. Wow. Right? And then I would, I, I was like, all right, well, I, I started doing it, and dude, Hector, I loved it. I loved it. It was just like this is what I was supposed to do. And then I grew my business. I, my business became. Like I was making more money on my business than I did teach for like for like Omar. Did you notice people spending ridiculous amount of money on just stupid stuff in bar mitzvah weddings and all this stuff that you were shooting? Were you like, what the hell's going on here? 
I learned that in Miami, for a lot of people, the wedding was more important than the marriage. Really, yeah. Huh? And I could, I was, I was shooting like seventy-five percent, calling. They're gonna get divorced. They're gonna stay together because, dude, I'm, I'm listening to you. I'm micing you up, and I'm listening to you. And when people are like, I can't wait to get out of here because the shots that I'm gonna take with my boys up, I'm like, dude, you're That's in not the a good sign. You're in the altar. You're, you're with your wife. But if I hear the guy look at his wife and be like, I could, I can never believe that you look this beautiful. And they're talking to each other like friends. I was like. And it's crazy. I'm still friends with a lot of my brides and my and my grooms from back in the day. Yeah, I used to do this, and I knew it. I knew some of them were gonna stay together forever, and I knew other ones that were that were not gonna last, depending on their conversation during the actual wedding. And it's crazy because the ones that blew up, like the one the weddings that I did at Vizcaya, and you know the big the big you know outside by the beach, half of those were just for show. Yeah, for show. Damn, you know? dude. Crazy. CNN starts. So you you start selling that stuff. How I do you transition over? So I did my business for about two three years, and then our old CCNN teacher, his name was Sal Canella, retires, and our principal at then calls me up after school. He says, "I'm thinking I'm in trouble." Like, well, let me tell you something. When a teacher gets called to the principal's office, the same feeling you had <laughs> when you were a student, it's the same feeling. You're like, "What did I do? I'm gonna get fired." Oh <laughs> it's the same feeling. So he comes in here and he goes, hey, you still have your business? I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh, Mr. Canella just retired. You're now in charge of CCNN. No way. <laughs> and I went, I don't know. He goes, learn. Get out of my office. Really? <laughs> so my first year, I just walked in there and said, hey, guys, I'm in charge here now, whatever. And my seniors hated me because TV film club, not the coolest. <laughs> not the right, coolest. Right, 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 right. And uh, those, and I'm I'm a very loud, outgoing, fun, motivating guy, and I'm just sitting there. They're like, this, I never forget this. The seniors are like, "Well, you just sit there and watch us, and we'll take care of this." And I'm like, "It's my first year, man. Tranquilo, go do what you gotta do. Not a problem." So I'm there, and I'm thinking, "All right, man, I was a basketball player, and I know that whenever a coach wants to take over a program, what do you do? Forget about the older guys. I started coming up to the freshmen and sophomores, and I was just every day cool with them." Hey, one day we're going to take this over. Let those guys have their last year. One day we're going to take this over. So the whole first year in 2006, I let them take over, but I started learning. I started falling in love with the routine, you know, and by the end of the year, when the seniors were already like, oh, senioritis, whatever, I started putting my guys in there and changing things, and it just became fun, fun. And then I go to the principal, and I tell him, I want to do something more. There's got to be something more about this. And he goes, look, stay calm. Something's coming. And then, uh, <clears throat> like a month later, he calls me into his office, and the Mascanosa brothers are there. And you know, well, Jorge Mas, that name is yes, sure, yes, yeah. sir. So they tell me, so brother Pat tells me, you want to do something more with CCNN. And I said, yeah, I would love to. He goes, look, we're going to build this new building. It's called the Moss Technology Building. You have two options here. We can either build you a little studio like you have right now, keep on going your merry way. We're not going to bother you. I'm like, okay, what's option number two? And they go, we'll give you a blank check. Get whatever you want, but you better turn CCNN into a powerhouse. Figure it out. I don't know how, but you got to turn it into a powerhouse. So I have been taught, and, you know, I was already 26, 27. I had already started learning that don't ever take the first offer. Like, ch chill. Let it. 
I go, look, can I think about this for a day? And they're like, of course. So I thought about it. And my partner, who was helping me run student government, who she ends up being one of my best friends of all time, Christina. I'm like, dude, you majored in print journalism, right? And she's like, yeah. I go, that's it. Do you want to just stop doing this government stuff and let's go take over CCNN? She's like, absolutely. I would love to do that. So I came back. I said, I want to take your second option with a blank check, but I want to run this with Christy. And they said, okay. Nice. And that's it. Murder, she wrote, dude. Uh, dude, I remember one of the best things you told me was you reaching out to people and people shutting you down. Can you yeah. tell me that story again? Um, so once I, I started running with Christy, right, um, we started to compete in, which is crazy. Like no one knows this, but there's like competitions for high school broadcast journalism, right? And in the state level, it's this thing called FSPA. So it's the Florida Scholastic Press Association. And me, my, the old athlete in me is like, yes, let's go. So I go to the first competition and I get smoked, smoked. So I go up to the teacher that won everything. And I'm not going to say what school because I don't want to get anybody. <laughs> you know? But I, I walk up to her and I said, I'm really impressed that you won every award here today. She's like, oh, thank you. I go, look, this is my first year doing this. Can you teach me? Can you help me out? And she goes, what school are you from again? And I said, oh, I, I teach at Columbus. She goes, you think I'm going to help you get better? You're a private school. I know what school you go to. You're probably going to get really good at this. There's no way I'm helping you. And I have a little bit of an edge to me, right? right. And I'm, a little, I'm a little cocky when it comes to stuff that I know I go. So my response was, if you know that I'm going to get good at this, don't you want to be on my good side? She was like, oh, honey, by the time you get good at this, I'll be retired. I'll be retired, yeah. I said, ah, okay. So I went home. And I told Christy, I go, I am going to go ham on this now because now I have to prove. Now it's not just getting good. Now I'm going to prove this woman wrong. So I call people. I start using my connections and I start getting things. I started going to CBS local station and interning. I told them that let me just clean your garbage. And I would go teach all day long. And then I'd go home and I'd go to the station and I would clean out garbages and I'd listen to terms. And I, oh, what are you doing here? And I go to the producer and I gotta go to the executive and I go to the guy on the switcher and I go to the anchors and I would just talk to people. I became boys with Maribel Rodriguez from CBS and a bunch of people like that just because I kept on asking so many questions. And I did that for like, I don't know, six months, a year around there. It's blurry now, dude. It's such a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I learned and that first competition was in October. And then in April, we went to a, a state competition. And we didn't win first place in anything, but we got a couple second places here and there. And I came back and I told my boys, you guys have fun? And back then it was, I only took seven kids. Now I take 55 kids to the state convention. Wow. Yeah. And I go, you guys have fun there. Like, man, that was so much fun. Um, and I was like, next year when we come back here, we're winning all of this. And they're like, Delgado, that's not going to happen. I was like, oh, no, it's going to happen. We're not taking any days off. When school's over, we're going to meet here in the studio and we're going to keep on perfecting our craft. Wow. Because I remembered in basketball, the offseason is where you get good. The championship yeah. is one in the offseason. It's not one in the middle of the season. Right, right. How, how much little, how much, this much better. That's all I wanted to get every single day, just this much better. And we did it, we did it, and we came back the next year and I won every award across the board. 
And that was in 2010, and I haven't lost it since. No way, dude. Omar, why do you think people are like that, man? I mean, we need that. We need people to to shut us down because maybe if she would have made it easy on you, you probably wouldn't have become this guy. Why do you think people are like that? Is it jealousy? Is it envy? What do you think it is? I don't think it's jealousy, and I don't think it's envy. I think it's fear. I think people are so afraid to light someone else's torch because they're afraid of what might happen. They, They only think about the negative things that will happen to them when they do that. I don't. If you know how I am now. Like you caught me out of nowhere one day, and what did I do? I, come here, bro. Let's. How can we help each other? I want to help you out because right, 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 right. iron sharpens iron. It now I'm I'm even more that way. Now I just try to get other programs in our neighborhood better, so my kids never become complacent. Right. Like, I, I always, you know, oh, no man, that's that team won five awards last year. They're coming after, and they might not even care. But I just do that to build my my boys up, and I also help other people get better. And if they get better, I have to always be getting better. So I believe, you know, iron sharpens iron. Just because I light someone's candle doesn't mean that my candle goes out. That's my mentality. But a lot of people think that if I light your candle, now there's not enough light for me. I, I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah, that's just so much. There's just there's so much for everybody, man. When you get your kids, do you recruit them for CCNN? Do they just sign up and you mold them? How does that work? That's funny because you know the one kid that was. We're not gonna talk about that one kid, but anybody right. else? I don't. Just, I don't recruit kids anymore. That that has never worked out for me. Every single time I brought try to bring in a kid to Columbus, it ends up biting me in the ass. So, dude, I talked to Weber about that. This the same thing. You know, it's like when you have a program yeah. and a school good. It's like listen, we don't got to do that over here. You know. Yeah, I learned my lesson a long time ago. I'm not doing that anymore. I, I, some of the best kids that ever graduated from my program, when they walked in, didn't know how to turn a camera on. And when they graduated, they ended up being one of the best in the country. You know? Um, also, when you get recruited at such a young age, a sense of entitlement comes over you. That's hard. Yeah, it's hard to get rid of that in a, in a, in a, in a teenage boy. It's hard. Um, but I like, I like hustlers. I like people that want to show up to work. You know, that's what I like. If you if you're willing to come to work, I'm gonna I'm gonna be there to work with you. And I've just found out that you know people say that we're good because we're a private school. People say we're good because we get lucky. The the harder I work, the luckier I am. That's what that's what I find out. So Omar, I love that what you do with your guys is you literally here's what you guys gotta do, go figure it out. Baptism by fire. Is that's- that did you always think that way? Or did you establish that later on? Uh, that goes back to what I told you in the beginning here. I'm a kinetic learner. I don't learn by you telling me stuff. I learn by doing. And I find that these kids that grew up with the phone, the iPad, the Nintendo, they're 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 used to just everything that they want. They go on the internet, they, they find it. They're not used to going, let me figure this out. I'm in a box. I got to figure out how to, how to get out of this, you know? They don't know that. So... When I tell them, hey, there's a protest in Coral Gables, here's your camera, go do a story. All right, but what do you want me to do? You're going to go figure that out. When it's all done and when you put it out together, you and I will sit down and I'll tell you what you did good and I'll tell you what you did bad. And that's how you're going to learn because you're going to remember when I told you something bad, oh, I did that because I did this when I was over there. Next time, I'm not going to do that. If I were to tell you right off the bat, hey, don't shoot this way because you're not going to, you know, you're not going to learn. 
you're never going to really learn why it's bad. You're just going to learn it's bad because I told you to. Because you said so. Yeah, and that's not how people learn. That's not. The biggest, I think the biggest setback you see in your in your boys is a laziness. Is that what kills them the most? Lack of honesty with themselves, with you? Uh, it's Hector, every kid is different. Every kid is different. Some kids, they're just not honest. They're just, they're not honest. They're not honest with themselves. They're not honest with their parents. They're not honest. They're, they're there because their parents told them to be there, and they're just trying to do whatever. Some kids, it's, it's they've never worked as hard as I'm asking them to work. They think because they went to a football game and did one thing, man, look how hard I'm working. The guy next to you, before he was at the football game, was editing a story. Then went to the football game, and then tomorrow morning he's waking up and he's covering another story. So they don't realize how hard it is to be successful. I tell my kids this all the time. I I don't think I've been great in anything in my life except for I think I'm a great dad and a father, and that's just because I have to think that in order to keep on being that. Do you, does that make sense to you? Yeah, of course, of course. So besides my family, I don't think I've ever – I don't. I was an average, above-average basketball player. Um, when I was in high school and you know, college, I was an average student. I think I'm a better student now, but that's because I taught for 18 years, so I know. Um, but everything I've ever tried to do, I've never, I was never great at it. I'm great at this. And it's because I have worked harder at this than I've worked at anything in my life. Anything. Really? I wanted to be great at this. And every single day I wake up and I try to be better at it. How do I get better at this? <clears throat> Sometimes I find people on giving webinars and I just you know, sit in there writing notes. And 90% of the time now, after I've done this for so long, I don't learn anything. But I try. I try to find that one thing that's going to make me a little bit better. And... I'm, dude, in my world, if you go to Hawaii and you... Yeah, make you're the man. You're the man. You're the man. How many titles have you won? Nationally or state? Yeah. We've won three national championships for broadcast journalism. In and is that the record? Is that the record? In Florida? In Florida, yeah. Yeah. For sure, huh? Yeah. In six years also, which some people have three, but over like 12 years. You know, I, I did it in six. And how many Florida titles do you have? I haven't lost it since 2010. Oh my God. So let's do the math. We're at 19. So it's 19 years in a row, no? No, wait, no, no, 19. Yeah. 2010, nine, right? Nine? Yeah, yeah. Well, this year would have been 10, but everything got, got, got canceled. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the funny thing is, in the state championship now, I don't let my juniors and seniors even compete. I only really? do my freshmen and sophomores. Only freshmen and sophomores. Wow, yeah. dude. And the state level. Yeah. I, I sound conceited, bro. I, I hear myself saying this. And no, you sound you sound like a winner, dude. That's yeah. because you're honest, man. If you're bullshitting, it's different, but you're honest, and that's what uh, that's what matters. Talk to me about the powerful Columbus Brotherhood, man. What does that mean to you? What? Are, how awesome is that, bro? I uh, three things have made me the person I am: my parents, my older brother Ozzy, and Columbus High School. Those three things are what made Omar Delgado who he is. Um, my parents, good or bad, whatever they did, you know, they unconditional love. They, they weren't perfect, but no parent is. Um, my older brother set a bar that's un impossible <laughs> to achieve, but that was good for me because it always kept me 
trying to be better. And Columbus opened my eyes to what loyalty and what um, true, like, a brotherhood. Like, I went to college. I never joined a frat. I don't have anything against frats. I don't. But I didn't. I thought I didn't need it. I already had it. You already had it. Yeah, I already had it at my school. That that is to me the best high school in the country. Dude, I think I reached out to you and my first I think if I'm not mistaken my first ever speaking gig was 2 years ago to the freshman there at a uh, at CCNN. Do you remember that day or no? Absolutely. I told you I think I have something special with these guys. Um, but I want them to be motivated and you came in and dude, some of the stuff that you said, you know, they're all boys. So sometimes it's, they say it joking around, but a lot of the times they say it, I don't care if they say joking around or they say it cause they're mean what well, your words stuck to them to the point that they, they remember it and they repeat it. Dude, I remember it was crazy. And then we videotaped it and we, and we talked about that stuff and it's, and what people don't understand is how much the winning is in the giving because as much as that benefited me, it benefits you too. Because where I get to come in, I'm, you have a lot of people come in and talk. Yeah. But those people, their jobs is to do something different. My job and my purpose is to do what I'm talking to those people about. And it's a, such in a neutral place. And I'm there early in the morning because I'm as excited as you guys to be there. And that has been so awesome, and it's been priceless, man. I can't thank you enough for that because I've been able to lean on you for every stupid little mechanic thing, audio thing, everything I get wrong. You know what I'm saying? And I can't thank you enough for that, bro. And as being a guy that everybody turned their back on me, it was just so nice, dude, to have a dude at Columbus that – that opened the doors for me like that. And I got to learn from, and even from there, I had already, I had already done the Columbus baseball thing, but it started that route for them to me, come in and speak to the baseball team. Right. And then it, we came full circle when we spoke to the whole freshman class and the whole sophomore class. Dude, I, I will tell you this. Um, I am very protective of my school, right? So when you called me, I was like, well, who's this guy? Yeah. So you know, I googled you and I read about you and everything, and I, I was like, this guy is is interesting guy. I wonder what where he's coming from. And and Hector, it's been a pleasure, man, because the passion you have for what you're doing is contagious. It's contagious, bro. It's it. There have been times that I that I'm even like, oh my god, is it worth it? And then you call me, and I'm like. Yeah, man, this guy's still grinding it out, dude. And people like us, I think, will always be successful because we might not be the smartest people, but we're hustlers, we're grinders, we're people that are never going to stop until we get what we want. And I use that. When you talk to my boys the first time, I was like, oh, awesome. The second time you talked to my boys, I had to see it on tape, remember? Because I was getting pulled out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw it on tape, and I was like, and that's the year. The second time you talked to us, we won. That's when we won it in Seattle. That's when you won, huh? Um, that was awesome. And then when you talk to the freshman, dude, I'll never forget when you came back with that smile from ear to ear and you're like, look at my Instagram, dude, look, these kids are like, I, I, I touched them. And I was like, that's awesome. That's Omar, awesome. 300 DMs. It's the best, man. It's crazy, the best. bro. 300 DMs with, and it's hard because when I speak, 
I don't know if it's the Holy Spirit gets to me or what, but I I called a couple freshmen out because in the middle of the talk, either you know how kids are man, they're messing around with each other, whatever. And I feel what I have to say comes from such a place of good. And I failed so much. And I sat there and I'm just so it just comes on a place because like what I tell people when I started becoming coach HP at the age of 32 years, 38, talking, my friends, people who were my friends, longtime friends, lied to me in my face, talk shit to me. They were like behind my back, this guy's a clown, whatever, whatever. Then people who I didn't know started doing the same thing. Now I literally have famous people because the profile has gone up a little bit. Look into my face, Omar. Tell me, we're going to do this, 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 and that. And then get amnesia a week or so later. But you got to keep going, bro. You got to keep going. You have to. And let me tell you about those kids that you said weren't paying attention. I've learned this in education, and it was this is the hardest lesson. You're not going to reach all of them. You're not. Because some kids, personal life gets in the way. Whatever it is, dude. Right. You know? Some kids are just not going to get it. But Hector, dude, out of those 300 kids that DM'd you, if you affected one kid and put them on the track, that should make you justified in what you did that day. Oh, a thousand percent, bro. A thousand percent. Omar, favorite student that's graduated with you. Do you have one dude that you're like, you know what? If you're going to start a competition to go beat the Harvard, Harvard, you, you guys are up against Harvard now. Who's that one dude? You're telling me a pig between my kids, bro. It's, Who's that one dude? You got to get one pick, bro. Who are you taking a battle, number one? I can't. There's no way I can do that. You're, You're not doing it. You're not doing no, it. There's no way. I, lo I love them for their flaws. And, and I have kids. Like There's kids running through my head right now. Right? But if you tell me to pick one of them, like there's no way I can do that. There's there's so many kids. I'll tell you one of the things that I'm th – this is what I'm the most proud of that we do at Columbus. You know what the Miami Herald Silver Knight Awards are? I, it's like the, the the number one student of the year or something. Is that what that is? That's what people think it is. Um, it's kids get broken up to categories. You 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 try to win your category. So my two categories are journalism and digital media, right? But it's the kid that's done the most good in Miami or in the in the world by service by whatever. So what I do to motivate my kids to win that because I like I told you, yeah, like the winning and all that stuff. That's awesome. I want to build better people right if you win a silver night and you're one of my kids i create a bust of you and i put it on the wall so when you walk in and walk out and you look up there's a statue and we have now we have five i just want a, a my wow. and there's five kids that are going to be up there and the freshman hey what are those kids oh they won a silver night award what's that man they i had a kid that just won lucas guerra he's one of those guys one of the top guys that i love right um that kid created an organization called Media for Minorities. So he would go every Wednesday after school and he would drive to Homestead and built a TV studio and taught these kids how to be anchors and editing and all that stuff. And he did that for two years straight. Every single Wednesday, he started doing it. And then he went to Carver Middle School because he got famous for doing it and he started doing it over there. <laughs> I would never have done that when I was in high school. That kid gave gave because something that I taught him, and he gave the stuff that I taught him, and he passed it on to kids that really can't. He helped them fundraise money. He helped them buy the equipment, and he built the stuff. Wow, dude. Yeah.
Omar, your summer program, which you guys usually start, have you started that already or not yet? Yeah, man. This is the first year. This is the second week we're doing it, but it's all online this year. <laughs> How does it feel being an online thing now? I think your personality carries over, so it's not like you're a boring teacher or anything like that. Any challenges or anything that you've got had to get used to? Um, okay, so the good about it is my, 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 my program this year was nationwide, right? So I have three kids from Bogota, Colombia that are in the program. Wow. I have uh, two students from South Carolina. I have a couple students from Texas, a bunch of students from Tampa, and they're learning. These are my competition in the country, and they're learning from us. So that's cool, right? Um, the bad, Hector, at 40 years old, man, being in front of a computer for so long, <laughs> it's not the same as when you were 20 and you were there watching movies and us. Right, because we didn't have this when we were 20. We were in front of... Yeah, we're in front of TVs. We're in front of TV, which is yeah. different. I uh, it, it gets to me, bro. It, it, it's hard to be that long and that engaging, you know? And also, I'm an animated teacher. If you've been in my class, I'm walking around. I'm using my hands. I got to be sitting down and looking at this little camera. And I, I, you can see I'm talking right now. I move a lot, but my back is sitting. My butt's getting numb. I can't do it. <laughs> Omar, we're going to have to put like 15 GoPros. I know, right? <laughs> like I just walk around. And, and <laughs> just... Yeah. And have the guys edit it. They edit me up here so I can. Favorite type of music, Omar? Depending on the age I was, is different. When I was in the 90s, I was Notorious B.I.G., Nas, you know? Uh, I love that. Um, when I got into the 2000s, I started listening to more pop and rock, right? But And I've always been a salsero. Like, I, I grew up. Really? I loved, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and my wife would... We could tear it up, but now the last 10, 15 years, country music, man. I love it. Country, who's your country music guy? Who do you like? Isaac Brown Band. I'm huge on them. Kenny Chesney, uh, Luke Bryan. Man, I can go on and off. I, I, I love, I love, I love people that tell stories. That's why I really love Zach Brown Band. They're, they're my favorite. Um, but I love stories. I, I, what I think to me is also that country music now is just rock music from the 90s and, and 2000s yeah a little lighter just a little bit lighter you know not so much willie nelson like country <laughs> it's more like a it's rock and roll it's rock and roll it's so, like yeah and it's it puts you in it puts you in a mood you know I, like i've noticed it just puts you in like i don't know if it's like a chill mood like at a house by a lake somewhere i don't know man it just i i'm i'm to a point in my life where i'm looking at what what i want to do now you know in the next chapter and I right. always say to people, they're like, when you retire, what do you want to do? I, I want to retire into a Jimmy Buffett song. When I can figure that out, whenever I – this is the Jimmy Buffett song I want to retire into, that's what I want to do. That's the move, huh? Yep. How long do you do you have to retire? You What is it like? What is the retirement age, like 55 or some of that? Or? I, I, there's so much more that I want to do. Really, huh? I'm not even thinking about that yet. I want to. I want to become. At one point, CCNN is gonna. It's 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 time is gonna pass for me. I would love to become an administrator, um, and 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 lead the school. Uh, I don't know if principal would ever be something that I ever want. I don't even know if I'm the face of something like that that you'd ever want. But I do want to be someone that influences other teachers to become better. I think I'm. Uh, I'm good at that. So, only at Columbus, or would you consider another school? I'm not teaching anywhere else. Anywhere else, huh? If I don't teach at Columbus, I'm retiring. I'll go back to my business and do that full time. 
yeah. go back to do quinceañeras. Yeah, yeah, rather do that. Yeah. So I'll help other students as long as I'm a teacher at Columbus. But if I'm not teaching at Columbus, I'm not. I'm not teaching anywhere else. There's no way, huh? Yeah. Omar, Sony or Canon? Depends on what you want. <laughs> For what? You got DSLR? I'm a Canon guy. DSLR. Sony's are getting really good, but if it's like a camcorder, I would tell you Sony is better. Man, you're the best. You're going to be the best that ever did it, buddy. I can't thank you so much, bro, for giving me your time. You got the last words, bro. Anything you want to end with or anything? Anything I can help you with? Anything? Yeah, I'll tell you this. If I, could, if I could impart some knowledge in this crazy world, bro, okay? And this is coming from an old school 90s kid that grew up in Westchester, you know, doing what we did back in the day. What this world needs to do more is... We, we are learning information faster than we are acquiring wisdom. Like we, we're so fast to make judgments and get in tweet this tweet. We have to take a second and, and, and listen to ourselves and actually think about what we've learned. So stop accusing, stop uh, attacking and listen. And just because you listen doesn't mean you have to change what you are about. But just listen. Just listen to each other. Whether you're a Trump guy, whether you're a, a, a Biden guy, whether you're a, an anarchist, whether you're a, a conservative, whatever it is, just listen, dude. This, what's happening out there is disheartening. And, and <laughs> that's not the world I want to bring my son into. So, Omar, you're absolutely right, dude, because we're not, we're not teaching people to listen, man. Everybody's have a voice, have a voice. But if you don't listen, yeah, what's going to happen? Dude, I love you to death, bro. I'm yeah, here. Bro. Anything you need me, Same I got here. you. All right, thank you. Thank you for staying, sticking the whole way through with us. You heard the whole episode. I don't usually do outros, but let's give you guys an outro. I got to start giving you guys some love, those of you that are stuck with all for all the episodes. So thank you for sticking to the episode. Thank you for supporting my man Omar Delgado. Follow him at CCNN. Follow their news network, the media, all the stuff. They do tremendous job for the community, for the Columbus kids, for kids of all over. I'm at Coach HP on all social. Subscribe, subscribe, love, love, love you guys. And remember, forever, keep going hard and doing your thing. I'll catch you in the next one. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.